0: You're listening to a stranger podcast, www.thestranger.com. If
1: you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can
2: ask on the Savage Podcast.
1: Before we get to your calls, an apology. Last week, I did the show Stone no, I don't want to say stoned. I don't want to admit to perhaps felonious podcast behavior here on the podcast. But there were treats at the podcast that the tech-savvy at-risk youth brought me. They smuggled them into the building hidden in their dreadlocks, and I ate them during the recording. And I smacked my lips, and I sucked pecans through my teeth and gargled chocolate chunks. And I, I made disgusting noises, you know, which – Gay people are want to do. Have you ever strolled by a bathhouse? Holy Christ. It annoyed some people. We got some calls. And I want to apologize for my behavior and assure you that this apple that I have here in front of me, because we're on a health food kick, I am not going to eat during the recording of today's show. I'm no longer going to chew or smack my teeth because it's really disrespectful to you, the listener. All right, we're going to get to your calls right after this. We're off, right? This podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. Log on to AudiblePodcast.com/savage today for details.
2: Hello, Dan. I'm a 47 year old gay male. Um, after uh, losing a large amount of weight, I find myself back on the dating market, and what I really want for myself is to be a nice guy uh, and get married. And the next the part of this question is that, is it possible to meet a guy who's HIV negative, put a ring through his nose, figuratively or literally, and, and not have to wear condoms anymore?
1: The phrase you're looking for, uh, the, the approach to safety that you're looking for is called negotiated safety. It's condom-free fucking uh, in a fluid-bonded partnership It's basically what straight people have done uh, forever, which is uh, – or for a long time, not forever, which is use uh, condoms uh, for those one-night stands and all that uh, illicit behavior that straight people engage in too. We call them fuck buddies. They call them friends with benefits. We call them one-night stands. They call them hooking up or we call it tricking or we used to. They call it hooking up. Uh, and, and, but when you settle down, when you meet somebody and you know they're the one uh, who you're going to pretend is the one because, as I said before, there is no the one. Only people you round up to the one and pretend for the rest of your life that they're the one. You throw the cons away. After you test, uh, particularly if you're gay because of the higher uh, incidence of HIV infection uh, among gay men uh, and urban gay men and older gay men, you test. You wait three months you establish trust you really you're really putting you know your health I don't I think it's an exaggeration today in the West uh, if you have health insurance to say your life in the other person's hands you're putting your health in their hands however. And then you test again and if they're negative the first time, negative three months later and I, you know, because I'm paranoid uh, and a bit of a hypochondriac, I would wait three additional months and six months and test again. And if they're negative, negative, negative and you're negative, negative, negative and you get your results together and you really believe that they're being monogamous or if you guys uh, are, as many gay men are, uh, incapable of strict monogamy, they're not having unprotected intercourse with anyone else. Maybe they go to a JO club uh, every once in a while. Maybe they go to a bathhouse and get a blowjob every once in a while. Those things are low risk for HIV. If they really do reserve butt-fucking for you and you only and you can take that to the sperm bank, then you can throw the condoms away. Then you can you know blow loads in each other's butts uh, till the cows come home. There are, however, lots of instances out there where people rushed into negotiated safety with somebody uh, who was untrustworthy or or rushed into it prematurely. Uh, Particularly, there's a problem with younger gay men. A lot of younger gay men feel like uh, the incidence of HIV infection among younger gay men is so much lower because it's an old guy disease and that is not true. Uh, HIV rates among young gay men, uh, particularly very sexually active young gay men are high and disturbingly high. Uh, And a lot of younger gay men are out there uh, taking risks and not testing. And so there's a lot of younger gay men who are out there who are infected who do not know that they're infected. And they are the most dangerous uh, in a way because uh, when you're, infection is untreated you are more infectious uh so there are a lot of younger gay guys who are just rushing into negotiated safety because they go "Oh, he's young i'm young whatever let's do it um i trust him and then they find out you know that uh, their bullshit detectors aren't very well honed because they haven't been out there dating very long they haven't really gotten to see what shits and liars men can be and they're not on their guard as they should be in the early years of a relationship so what should you do? Yeah, you should find some dude. You're 47. Find some dude. Settle down and marry him. Hopefully, you know, you'll find some dude roughly close to your own age. And he'll have the dogging around out of his system. And you'll have the dogging around out of your system. And I would encourage you to go without condoms. You know, it's really kind of great butt-fucking without condoms. is kind of awesome. Uh, you do know, uh, condoms are a pain in the ass. Uh, you don't always have them around. Uh, they can uh, decrease sensation for some people. And... Uh, you have to use a lot of lube, a lot of water-based lube with uh, latex condoms. And uh, water-based lube gets tacky, has to be reapplied, blah, blah, blah. If you're using uh, negotiated safety and you're able to throw the condoms away safely uh, because you're both HIV negative and uh, butt monogamous, if not otherwise monogamous, you know when it comes to the lube problem, just a dabble, do you. And you can use greasy lube and you don't have to reapply it. It does Your body doesn't suck it up as fast. It doesn't turn to Elmer's glue as fast. How, you know, With the caveat that you are taking – you are assuming a risk. You are looking at this other person and saying, I trust you and I am going to risk this, my health. I'm going to put my health in your hands and you're going to put your health in my hands and we're going to hold hands and bungee jump for the rest of our lives together. Our sex lives are going to be a great big bungee jumping adventure because I love you and I trust you. I would hope at your age you realize that that is not a statement you can make about anybody that you've only been dating – for under a year or two. That is not something you can say to somebody of two or three or four or five months' acquaintance.
3: Hi, I'm a 20-year-old bisexual girl living um, in the San Francisco Bay Area. And um, this morning, I sort of discovered this issue that I have that I didn't think I had. And I like I'm surprisingly uncomfortable about it um but I don't think I have a clit and that is really frustrating um it's like I thought I just had the tiniest clit ever um but I sort of I was in the shower just having after having sex this morning and I looked and I was like huh like the thing that i thought was my clit is not actually my clit and it's just sort of part of the inner lips of my vagina and i don't know like i i kind of have trouble i i can't really come during sex at all and i feel like when i do masturbate by myself like it feels really good but it's not um like i'm not having these over the waterfalls orgasms that i feel like every other person in the world is having. I I have a lot of fun during sex, and I feel like I get close to coming, and, like, I really enjoy it. But wouldn't it be great if I had, like, an actual quit? And is this a condition that other women have? Um, Is it just that it's really small or something? And if so, like, do I have the same amount of nerve endings, because I was thinking, like, maybe it's better if I have thousands of nerve endings in a tiny little spot. I guess I would just like some help.
1: Joining me on the phone from her top secret undisclosed location is Alice Dreger, who's the professor of clinical and medical humanities and bioethics at the Feinberg School of Medicine at Northwestern University in Evanston, Illinois, and an expert on crazy mixed up genitalia. Hey, Dan. Hey, Alice. Is that is that accurate? Is that how you'd like to be described as an expert <laughs> mixed-up
4: genitalia? It'll get me in trouble, but I think we all have crazy mixed-up genitals. They don't know where they want to go.
1: Uh, I completely agree. Now, getting to this girl's problem, how do you get to be 20 years old, bisexual, sexually active, and only discover this morning that you don't think you have a clit?
4: Well, tragically, a lot of women don't check themselves out. You know, we're taught a lot of shame about our genitals, so a lot of women don't pull out a mirror, don't do a lot of feeling around, and so they're not checking for stuff. And it is possible that this girl has never looked at her own genitals before. I've actually met young women like this who are sexually active. You know, I met a girl once who had, she was about 25 years old, had had sex with many men, uh, upwards of 20 men, and she didn't know that we had three holes down there, not two. So (laughs) it does happen. Wait,
1: wait, wait, you have three holes down there?
4: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. All of you? I don't want to give away all the details. Space alien
1: shit is that. (laughs) <laughs> I'm part of the problem, aren't I? Because you know, I want to be—you know—I I, I, want to be honest, and so I've compared women's genitalia to a canned ham drop from a great height. Because I'm uncomfortable with women's genitalia because I'm, I'm I'm a fag. And so as a boy fag, I never got over sort of the estrangement from the female body of the other that straight boys get over because they eventually want to put themselves in there. And I'm, right, not sure
4: most Pardon? Yeah, I'm not sure most women have gotten over it either, honestly. So I'd you know,
1: like to apologize for being part of the party, <laughs> Clearly, this girl's never looked in her panties because of me.
4: Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's because of you. I'm sure it's absolutely because of you. <laughs> well, you are you are part of the problem as you know because I keep bugging you not to use the word vaginal. What we're talking about is vulva. And so this is part of what I hear this girl doing is using the word vagina where I'm not even sure if what she means is vagina mm-hmm. because what a vagina is is that tube inside of us um and that's not right. the vulva. The vulva is the, vulva's the yeah. outside stuff. Right. The so part is of me the
1: Holland is Tunnel not the not the highway.
4: Yeah, exactly. Not the highway going to the tunnel with all the traffic, hopefully, on it. Exactly. So, because the traffic you want on the outside, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so what's your advice for this group? Like, clearly she has a clit. Everybody has a clit, right?
4: Actually, no. I looked in the medical literature after you played her call for me, um, or after you sent me a recording of the call a few days ago. And what um, I searched in the medical literature was the phrase "congenital absence of the clitoris," and I actually found two documented cases in the medical literature of girls without clitorises, um, apparently from birth. But,
1: but, but they that have, makes they have clitoral it tissues. Is this just an absence mm-hmm. of the head of the clitoris? Because the clitoris. Is no, the clitoris. it looks.
4: Yeah. That's right. So one thing we should mention is that the vast, vast majority of the clitoris is inside the body, not outside the body. There's so often
1: um, girls who think that the clitoris is a pimple and they could rub it off—like they literally think it's a bump on their skin—I
4: did find ways you can accidentally have it fall off. But let's not get into that. While I was doing my reading, <laughs> well,
1: I think you have That's, a belt sander fetish, right?
4: Well, actually, it's a situation if you get a pubic hair accidentally wound around it, it can accidentally mummify your clitoris. But we shouldn't talk about this because this isn't going to help your canned ham attitude. Well, oh, Alice, I'm um, never
1: going to be able to have lunch, no. have lunch <laughs> after the show, and all I'm going to be thinking about is mummified clitorises.
4: Well, this speaks to also making sure you don't have, I guess, pubic hairs wrapped around your tongue by accident, right? <laughs> Although you probably noticed it. So, well, so yeah. Are, most okay.
1: Cons- now wait. Just like a whole other. Thing before we get back to this girl's problem, you've just handed an argument to all the guys out there who want their girlfriends to shave their pussies. Oh God! Oh, honey, you know what? You're going to get a mummified clitoris if you're uh, not careful.
4: Yeah, I found even fewer instances of the mummified clitoris than I found of congenital absence
1: of yeah, the clitoris so that almost the never happens. The mummified clitoris are so extraordinary that you. <laughs> like, oh, honey. I'm just like, what oh, I would honey, want to know, you know is.
4: How the hell do you not know that you've got something wrapped around your clitoris? It would hurt! Hello! And, and it would take days and days and days for it oh, to come Stryker, to fight
1: You it. are blaming the victim. That makes sense. The Wait, the pubic hair is the victim? No, like how the hell didn't you know, realize, lady, that you had yeah, like, well, wound around your clitoris? All right, getting back to this girl's problem. Okay. So, so wait, wait, wait,
4: wait. I want to the... talk about where you You made a really good point. The clitoris is mostly inside of the body, and that's true for all of us. We've got inches and inches of clitoris inside of us and only a little dimple typically on the outside, although some people have more than a dimple on the outside, and that's fine. So for, um, so
1: uh, what boys need to understand is they have a shaft and so does a girl, except they call yep. it clitoral wings because it spreads out in two different directions, but it's the same clumps of tissues in the the fetus become the, the, the shaft of the penis become the clitoral wings in the w- woman that anchor her clitoris into her body and also swell with uh, blood and become engorged when she's aroused which is why the vagina opens up, or the pardon me, the labia opens up like a beautiful, beautiful flower. Like a ham drop from a <laughs> to
4: reveal the canned ham underneath the beautiful flower. <laughs> hey, you said so, I didn't. I was trying to back away from it. I'm trying to walk that our, back. Part of our shaft is actually on the outside, too, um, and the clitoris gets longer, typically, during sexual stimulation, and so that's what made me wonder if this girl really is missing, um, naturally missing her clitoris, because if she had just had sex and she was sexually aroused, usually that would make the external clitoris as well as the internal clitoris more engorged, and so usually it would make it a little bit bigger than it was before. So, is she looking in the right place? That's part of the question. And she's talking about she's looking near her vagina. So the clitoris is not really near the vagina. The vagina is sort of in the center, if you want to think of it that way, on the bottom of a woman. And she should be looking much farther forward. So head north, as it were. Because the clitoris
1: is in throat, according to that movie I watched.
4: <laughs> you know, this is what my husband said to me. He goes, maybe she should look somewhere else, like in her throat. <laughs> And he's a medical doctor. And he we're all
1: dating ourselves. Like, for the kids yeah. right there, you need yeah. to go look up go. Deep Throat uh, on Google. There you go. Go look at the wiki. Anyway, go. getting back to your explanation.
4: So it's possible she's looking in the wrong place. So what she wants to do is straddle a mirror, and if she's a bi girl, she's got access to other girls who might be perfectly comfortable helping her look, and take a nice exploration of her body. I would recommend getting a copy of Our Bodies Ourselves, which has really good images of um, how female anatomy works, and straddling a mirror and basically opening her um, her labia with her hands, and look around and feel different things, and she should be able to look around in between her labia menorah, her small lips, not her big lips, and that's where she. She's going to look for a clitoris. So it's possible she's looking in the wrong place, believe it or not. So it's also theoretically possible she was born without an external clitoris or without a clitoris at all, although that is so incredibly rare that seems really unlikely. It's also possible that as a little girl she had a larger clitoris and somebody did surgery on her to try to make it smaller and they accidentally took off too much of it. But that again is pretty unusual. So Holy statistically. Shit. Do Yes, unfortunately, people do that, and unfortunately, doctors still do it sometimes. Um, what they'll tell you is they save a lot more of it than they used to, and they should, certainly do try. But when you they do, do anything to it—that's my opinion, and that's what I've been trying to tell the medical profession for ten years: is leave it alone. If it works, don't mess with it. Um, But, yeah, I have met women who essentially now have no clitorises because they, as babies, they were born with large clitorises, and doctors tried to make them small and petite, and they ended up with problems where they had removed too much of it. They tried to make Um, it look
1: like Miss California's nose.
4: Mm, exactly. So you end up with nothing um, except your internal clitoris, which is much harder to access. Now, that's accessed typically through the vagina, which is why women do enjoy um, vaginal stimulation quite a bit sometimes because they're getting a rubbing of the clitoral tissue through the vagina. But the other thing I heard in this woman's uh, message was her expectation that she should be getting orgasms from intercourse. And let's just review the fact, because she's young and maybe she doesn't know this, that the vast majority of women cannot achieve orgasm through penile vaginal course without stimulation of the is outside so we don't get off from having sex with guys in the sort of missionary position yeah, it just I, doesn't work
1: that's ironic because I can't achieve orgasm that way either so I'm one of the wounded is that right <laughs>
4: So what I would recommend to her is that she take a look at what's down there, try to figure out what's there. And then I would say, girl, go get a vibrator. I mean, you're in San Francisco. It's not hard to get one. And if you're hearing everybody talking about crashing orgasms all around you, I bet a lot of the women talking about that are using vibrators because vibrators really improve stimulation for a lot of us, and she should give that a try.
1: Especially, I recommend them all the time to women who have Problems coming during vaginal intercourse, which is, as I I mention it all the time too, which is the vast and overwhelming majority of women, the clitoral tissues are often deep and deep down inside, and if you want to stroke your shaft, you're going to have to direct some intense vibrations in their direction, and the best way to do that is a vibrator, is a Hitachi magic wand or a bullet or whatever, just get your ass down to... Good Vibrations in San Francisco, Babeline in Seattle and New
4: York. So I was near my office recently, and I was at the Walgreens on the corner of Chicago and Michigan, and I was there, and there was this huge display of vibrators. And I was like, wow, look at that. And, you know, they're all listed as massagers. But come on, they were every shape and style, and they were clearly vibrators. So you don't even have to go into a sex job. If she's at all uptight, and just because she's bi doesn't mean she's not has have some shame issues, go into a drugstore in San Francisco, and I'll bet you if you go into the sort of personal hygiene section, you're going to find vibrators there. Pick one. Not all are the same. You don't have to get one of the big, scary ones with the things coming out of it and the different settings. Try just a basic one. Um, I'll confess that when I was young, I actually used an electric shaver with a big, nice pair of underwear wrapped around it as my first vibrator because I was too scared to go buy myself a vibrator. You Anything too that vibrates scared to vibrator
1: But not too scared to press an electric shaver into your crotch?
4: Well, it didn't have the blade on it, and I wrapped it up. So that it was just a vibrator, basically. Yeah, and it sounds terrible, but it worked, and it was really good, and it gave me a level of stimulation that I never got otherwise. And I was, I was like her, you know. I was like, maybe, maybe this isn't working. Everybody else is talking about crashing orgasms. Why am I not having crashing orgasms? The other thing is she's young, you know. Men get sexual peaks earlier than women seem to on average, and she's still pretty early in her sexual life, so just because she's not having big, huge orgasms now doesn't mean she's not going to have them later. I'm now getting to that age, what do they call it, a woman of a certain age, and my friends and I are talking about how our sexual response seems to be improving, not getting worse. Now, the guys around us are not talking about that, so just because she's not having crashing orgasms now doesn't mean she doesn't have a future of Niagara Falls.
1: Okay, Alice Drager, thank you so much for all the tremendous advice and the scary mental images. I'm going to go to bed to worried that a mummified <laughs> penis is going to come staggering down the hallway of my apartment. Alice Drager, alicedrager.com is her website, Professor of Clinical and Medical Humanities and Bioethics at the Feinberg School of Medicine at Northwestern. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the leading provider in spoken word entertainment. Audible has over 35,000 titles to choose from to be downloaded and played back anywhere, just like the Savage Lovecast. Log on to audiblepodcastcom Savage to get a free audiobook download of your choice when you sign up today. This week's recommendation, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Jane Austen's classic now with ultra-violent zombie mayhem. Don't know if there's any mummified clitorises in it, but I haven't listened to it myself yet. You could listen to it. Get it for free. Report back to the podcast ASAP. Again, go to audiblepodcast. slash savage for your free audiobook today.
2: Hey Ben, I'm a 19 year old straight guy from Portland. Um, so here's my situation: I've been going out with my girlfriend for about one and a half years, and everything is great. Um, the problem is that I'm afraid of. Possibly getting her pregnant. Obviously, um, I'm 19 year old. I cannot handle raising anything, <laughs> um, and I don't really, I don't really know if I'm up for putting said child up for adoption. Um, basically speaking, I don't want to get her pregnant at all. Um, but she refuses to take any
5: type of
2: birth control. Um, the only the only thing we use is condoms, um, and if we if we make a mistake, we have to go to the store and get plan B. We spent a good couple hundred dollars on that because we've had a couple scares. Um, uh, the reason she refuses to take birth control is because she is a recovering anorexic, and I really don't want to be in the position, and I don't want to really put her through that because obviously... Um, she's afraid of gaining weight, um, any weight, five, one, two, one or two pounds. She's afraid of gaining one or two pounds. Um, and I don't really want to put her through that. And we've done research, and I've tried I've tried to ask her. Um, she's gone to her doctor and talked to him, and he didn't really give, give us any answers. So I'm wondering, is there a good way, is there a good birth control out there um, that that won't mess up her hormones too much and that won't make her gain weight because as much as I love her, I don't want to make her take it if it means that she's going to lose weight because that means she's going to be miserable. But then again, having a child um, is definitely not an option either. Um, and also I want to say that she's also going to refuse to get an abortion because she's afraid there might be some complication in the abortion um, that will make her infertile indefinitely. And I don't want to put her through that either. So, yeah.
1: If you go to PlannedParenthood.org and you click on health topics and then click on birth control under health topics, you will see a chart. It is the less effective to more effective birth control options chart. Uh, It breaks it down for you and – You know what's right up there with vasectomy and female sterilization as the most effective possible birth control methods? The IUD, the interuterine device, uh, they're back. They're safer now. They're safe, period, now. They have a bad rap because in the 70s some IUDs got passed around that made some women very, very sick and some women died. But they are back and they're better and they work and they are not hormonal there's, there are hormonal options. There's ones that have hormones, which is sort of gilding the lily uh, for people who are really concerned. But they fucking work and they will not cause your girlfriend uh, to gain weight uh, in reality or in her mind. I would recommend that you guys go get one. Uh, if you're using condoms and you're using them consistently and correctly, they're very effective. But, you know, they're not as effective as – the pill or the ring or the patch as hormonal birth control options and they're not nearly as effective as the IUD. It's a simple solution. There, You live in Portland. There are Planned Parenthoods on every corner. There's more Planned Parenthoods in Portland than there are Starbucks in Portland and coffee houses in Portland. Get thee to a Planned Parenthood, children, if you're going to keep having sex. Now, just sort of a general word to all the straight boys out there, when a girl tells you that she doesn't want to use birth control and she will not have an abortion, don't fuck her in the twat. That's why God gave her a mouth. That's why God gave her an ass. And that's why God gave both of you left and right hands. I think that if you're having sex with someone, if you are as unprepared to parent and unwilling to do an adoption as the caller describes himself, you have no business having the kind of sex that puts you in the bullseye for parenthood. Don't do it. Mutual masturbation is great oral sex is great anal sex particularly if you let her fuck your ass too boys is great you have options beyond vaginal intercourse for sexual intimacy and you have options beyond the pill and condoms and the morning after pill for birth control go get them
5: hi dan following up on the uh, question about how uneducated people are about whether such and such is a real question uh, I had sex with a girl in college that refused to go down on me because she was afraid of getting pregnant. Uh, the next day, I assured her it's uh impossible, provided evidence, because that was necessary, and uh, after that, she was game. But, yeah, she genuinely and truly believed at age 20 that uh, you can get pregnant through oral sex, and uh, uh, maybe Bristol Palin agrees or disagrees with that. I'm not sure, but anyways, that's the uh, sad reality.
1: Thanks for your call. Thanks for the feedback. Yes, people are that dumb.
0: Hi, Dan. My name is Stephanie, and I've got a little bit of a problem. I am engaged um, happily and really um, am ready to move on with this part of my life. So, um, But recently, I got an email from a man that I used to have phone sex with. Um, we had a pretty serious regular phone sex relationship for about four or five, mm, five or six years. And, um, you know, while it lasted, it was great. Um, it was unbelievable. Um, but at this point in my life, I really have no desire to, um, to tap back into that. Um, so I've been kind of putting off... Um, responding to him um in any way though he says he wants to chat online so my question is how do i break it to somebody who i once had a fabulous fake sex life with that i am really not interested
1: unless he has blackmail material on you i don't understand why you just don't say it just put it out there it was great while it lasted. We had some really great times. We had some really sticky cell phones. But I'm with somebody now and I don't feel like it would be right uh, as much as I would like to. If I was still single, I would, blah, blah, blah. Sensitively, let him down easy. You had a good time. Uh, he was a good you know, phone lover. But it's over and you're not in a place in your life where you can do it anymore. I don't understand why that's so hard for some people to say. Um, I think it's kind of – forgive me – Perhaps sometimes a girl thing where women have a hard time just being straight with men about rejection because women are socialized not to tell men things that they don't want to hear and to soft pedal things. And you know, and guys do the silent treatment and disappear bullshit. And that's bullshit too on the guy side. And, and so women will go along to get along and not really tell a guy that they don't want to go out with him even though they're going out with him and they're you know going out to dinner with him. But they're not regarding it as a date because they don't really want to date him. But he's assuming it's a date because there they are to dinner. Blah, blah, blah. It's cliche. It's like Love American style. It's like the 1950s. But I get letters about that situation and scenario all the time. Just say – just give him the info that he needs. Tell him that you're engaged and you're not available for phone wankery anymore and – Tell him you had a blast and you hope he finds somebody soon. And if he meets some girl and wants to bring her into his life as his new phone sex partner and he wants a reference, that you will be his reference, that you will send an email or have a phone call with some other girl who's thinking about signing up to be his phone wank partner and you will talk him up and tell him how wonderful he was. But you're out and you're done. That's all you got to do.
6: Hi, Dan. I have a question. Very, very simple. And I think it's something that most people question as they get farther into our relationship. Been with my boyfriend for quite a while. We have a great sex life. My question is, we're experimenting with anal, and we've had anal sex, but I want a good butt plug. I would love to have a good butt plug, and he would like a butt plug that he can use while he's fucking me, and I, I want to know what I need to look for, and Where's the best place to get it? Um, I can't seem to find a place here that doesn't have, like, the extremes of the of the sex toys, like a giant nine-inch butt plug. Who needs a nine-inch butt plug to start out with, okay? Um, We're just looking for a beginner butt plug and little things to enhance our sex life. We don't need giant, like, plastic phallus things.
1: The easy and quick advice about butt plugs, don't get the little ones. Uh, people will go in for their first big butt plug adventure and butt plugs, blah, blah, blah. They have a bad reputation. It sounds like a cork you're sticking in your ass because you've lost control of your balls because you've been getting fucked too much. I wish it was called something else and not a butt plug. Uh, that's not their function. They look like lava lamps. They go in your butt. Um They stay perfectly still until you have your orgasm and your anus – you you have your anal contractions and then it moves a little bit against your prostate, guys, and it feels really amazing. Uh, And it doesn't look like a dick. So for a lot of guys, it is the butt toy and the insertable that they can wrap uh, their minds around and their asses. What you don't want to do is go to the store and chicken the fuck out. You don't want to get the one that really looks like a finger with a little flare. If you think about – everybody picture now a lava lamp. It's pointy at the top and it broadens out toward the, the 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 bottom and then it gets really narrow for a second. Then it's a little flared base. You want one that looks like a lava lamp, not one that looks like a finger with a broken knuckle. The really skinny ones, which, you know, people think, oh, you know, uh, I'm a butt virgin. Oh, it's my first butt toy. I need something really tiny. You take huge craps. You don't need something really tiny uh, the first time you're going to put something in your ass. And the problem with the really skinny ones is that they don't stay in. They go flying out of your ass. I have seen it happen. I have seen people injured by flying butt plugs because um, sometimes I make them out of metal now, too. You can take out someone's eye. Your anus begins to contract and it just goes flip out of your butt. You need one where. The width at the widest point is wide enough that when your anus grips around the narrow part, that your contractions, uh, your natural anal contractions, aren't going to knock the thing out of your ass. Uh, so don't get a middle, don't get a teeny one. You know, you don't got to get a papa bear butt plug. You don't have to get too big. Don't get too small. Get medium. Get just right.
5: Hi Dan, um, I'm a 17 year old gay guy from sunny California, and I'm calling you to ask you a very 17 year old day guy question. Um, I'm a swimmer. I play water polo. Uh, I'm out to my teammates. They don't care. Nobody thinks twice about my motivation for participating in group showers and erotically charged wrestling matches. Um, I don't have anything resembling a boyfriend. um, and I don't really have any prospects. So my sexual life is basically just masturbating and being around a bunch of shirtless, ripped high school boys. Uh mostly this is a pretty simple concept. Um mostly. Uh there's this guy. Um a pretty good friend of mine. He's on my summer swim team, so we're starting to spend a lot of time together. And he's a good guy. Uh but to a casual observer, he's a complete asshole. Um he pokes fun at me for being gay and you know, good natured way um he's a very physical person he's always slapping my bare chest or my thigh or whatever trying to pants me um he's also like six and a half feet tall uh extremely extremely fast swimmer and he definitely knows it um all of this basically gives him the air of a cocky aggressive douchebag uh so this really turns me on um I'm a wildly aggressive, aggressive person in general, you know, valedictorian, future first gay president type, but I'm very sexually submissive. Uh, I really just like being around this guy. I like looking at him. I like doing what he says. I really like it when he playfully hits me. Um, I even like losing races to him. Um, my question is, is this as incredibly unhealthy as it seems? Uh, should I be wasting my time with someone so unattainable if I'm really enjoying the time that I'm wasting? I mean, obviously I'd love to have sex with this guy, but I really wouldn't mind just following him around like a semi-abused puppy. Um, I know I should find a real boyfriend, but I can't. I've tried. And in the meantime, I'd really just like something to do. Is this totally bad?
1: Okay, hello, swimmer boy. How are you? Hi. Um, I'm good. I you know, just listened to your call, and I have to warn you that you have probably caused people all over the country who are listening to this right now to, to have erections and boners, and they're sitting on buses and in their cars, and they're having to get off the bus and go rub one out somewhere. Because what you described is, like, Hot. Uh. And there's nothing wrong with you taking what pleasure you can in your high school experience and what limited sexual outlets are available to you. You're so articulate about who you are and and what you enjoy sexually and what you're getting out of this. I don't think that if if you can be as smart and informed and self-aware about it as you clearly are, that it's bad for you to take what pleasure you can out of this scenario. So... Keep it up and beat off about it constantly, <laughs> and then when you're the gay president of the United States, you and the first laddie can role play this scenario in the white house okay okay did, you, did, you, did that all you needed was like a permission slip to to that you can enjoy this and it can be healthy and good for you
5: well i just it seems really, really unhealthy and just
1: but why? Like, why does it seem unhealthy? Because he's being an asshole and a bit of a prick, but you're into his asshole prickishness and you like basking in his aura and his beauty, right? Right. It's a kind of negative attention he's giving you. Right. But, but he knows that this is turning you on a little bit. He's being playful about it. It's not just 100% unadulterated assholeism on his part, Right. Yeah, he can tell the effect it's having on you, and I bet he's getting a bit of a sexual charge out of it. I predict that you may end up in bed with him by the end of the summer if he keeps this up. I predict that he may be a fag. Oh, that'd be nice. Uh, yeah, it would be. Send me the fucking videotape if he is. And, and I don't think you need to cut it up. I think you know it's a dangerous drug, right? and, yeah. and Like any drug, you want to be moderate. You don't want to become his slave yet. Right? Yeah. You don't want to be completely in his thrall. And you want to be your own person. But, you know, if you want to follow him around and be his abused puppy and go him and rub one out about it every once in a while, there's nothing wrong with that. All right. Okay? Okay. So long as he doesn't start taking advantage of you, so long as he's not manipulating you, he's not making you pay for shit, he's not making you feel bad, he's not embarrassing or humiliating you, in ways that are emotionally painful, as opposed to, you know, teammate, grab-ass, you know, trash-talk stuff that's just normal. So long as there's not a cruel edge to it that's shredding your self-esteem. And listening to your call, it doesn't sound like there is. Yeah, not really. So, enjoy. All right. Call us with regular updates, would you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sound really nervous about having been given permission to just enjoy this. Well, still seems strange. It is a little strange, but you know what sex is like that and and, and desire is like that. And you know, you've got okay. this you say you've got a submissive streak. Yeah. And you're getting, you know, a little taste of dom sub whatever in what way you can in the, you know, where you are in your life right now and enjoy. And then later on, you'll find a way to incorporate your sexual taste into an adult equals relationship when you meet somebody who's gay and who's into what you're into and is your match. Okay. Okay? And don't stress about it. Okay. And send video, if there's ever video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good luck. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye. I feel like I failed you. We wanted to get him on the phone to draw him out a little bit. For everybody out there who, you know, threw a bone listening to his call and that fucking wank material scenario that he described, we thought we could get him on the phone and say, so exa- could you describe exactly, like, what's going on? Could you paint us a picture? But he sounded like a, you know, a deer in the headlights and, like, what he really wanted was to get the permission slip and get off the phone and get back to the locker room. And so I really couldn't keep him on much longer than I did. But, you know, I did tell him to call with updates and send video. And if he ever does, you'll all be the first to know.
4: Hi, Dan. Um, I am calling from Minneapolis, and I have read your column for years and just discovered the podcast. Um, My question is, when I read your column, people write in and say, I'm GGG. And for the life of me, I have no idea what that refers to. I've racked my brain. And... So that's my question.
1: What does GGG mean? GGG, good, giving, and game. What we should all be for our lovers, what we all have a right to expect from our lovers. Good, in bad, you want to work on your skill set. Giving, you take it for the team sometimes. The team being the partnership, the couple, or the triad if you're in a more than one -er, Where, you know, sometimes you just – you don't want to be in hell, but sometimes – your partner's enjoying it and so you stick it out even though maybe you're, it's not your favorite thing uh, because you want to be giving. And then you get expect g- giving in return. And game is up for anything. You know. You want to be the kind of person where your lover feels like they can come home and say, I'm curious about blank. And you're not going to throw up or cry or call your mother or have a heart attack. Uh, you're going to be like, all right, well, let's talk about blank. Let's see how we can incorporate blank. Like, Tell me what it is about blank that turns you on because I'm game. I want to be the person who makes your fantasies happen, not the impediment that's preventing you from realizing your fantasies. That's GGG, good, giving, and game. Caveats, you know, there are fetishes too far. If Somebody comes home and says, I want to shit in your mouth. You really don't have to be game for that. Uh, the shit in mouth community Needs to go online and find other shit-in-mouth folks who are into shit-in-mouth. There's a whole, as I said, shit-in-mouth community online now. The web was invented to remove the shit-in-mouth types from the general dating pool. And there's really no excuse uh, if you're a shit-in-mouther for springing that on someone who uh, didn't nominate themselves for a uh, mouth-as-shit-hole treatment. Anyway, uh, that's a disgusting way to end the podcast, but we're going to leave it right there uh, because – I'm still reeling from that high school swimmer call, and I need a moment alone in the executive washroom here at Savage Labs in the 23rd floor of the Washington Mutual Building in beautiful downtown Seattle. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question for a future show, please include a callback number and in case we have a follow-up question for you. You download us every week at www.thestranger.com slash savage. I blog every day at slog.thestranger.com and uh, me and the tech savvy at risk youth uh, all of us are about to retire to separate uh, wings of the executive restrooms here at savage labs we'll be back at you next week with other installment hopefully just as exciting of the savage love i mean come on people you're getting your podcasts worth this week we got mummy clits and we got hot high school swimmer dom sub action where do you where else do you get this kind of entertainment and no dogs. No dogs this week. No dog bashing and no teeth smacking. We'll be back at you next week. Me and the Tech Heavy at your street. Thanks very much for listening.